Now in Matthew, the 16th chapter, this thing has been going over in my spirit for a little while, and I just couldn't get away from it. And it has to do with this 16th chapter, and the 16th verse will begin. Jesus had asked his disciples who people were saying that he was. And they said, you know, different things. In verse 16, Simon Peter, Matthew 16, 16, he answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many believe that here this morning? Makes all the difference about your eternity. Sit out loud with me. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you believe that this morning, that you have understanding of that? Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, referring back to the fact that he mentioned that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, how many understand that this is the foundation upon which all the church is built, not the Apostle Peter, but the Lord Jesus Christ, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And, see all this goes together, verse 18 uh, is, starts with an and, verse 19 starts with an and, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. How many believe that you are in the kingdom this morning? You get in by your faith. We've been baptized into the body of Christ. Placed into, immersed into. And we have entered in. You know, it'll help you in understanding scriptures. Uh, for instance, you know, Jesus uh, talking to his disciples about the rich young ruler. And he said how hard it was for those that had riches to enter in to the kingdom of God. Well, how many are trying to enter in or you're in? Are you, are you sure about that? We're in. Are you, are you in or, or not? The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. Once you're born again, we're in. And so people are struggling with that. Well, no, you're already in. Amen. And yet they're hollering about, well, if you got money, it's, it's hard to get in. Yeah, but if you're already in, that's another sermon. But anyway, he gives to us the keys of the kingdom. And he goes on to say, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the foundation upon which the church is built. Belief of which is the way into the kingdom of God. And then the, the keys to the kingdom, and he immediately mentions binding and loosing. How many believe we have been given the keys to the kingdom of God? The Lord is not trying to withhold things from us. He's given us all that we need. And 
He mentions with talking about the keys of the kingdom, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Keys denote access. Keys denote use. Keys denote control. And what I want to speak to you about this morning is this thought. It is in your control. Or just this phrase, in your control. Now this is, this is something that is one of the greatest issues in the church, in people's lives today. We have some revelation along this line. Many Christians have almost none. And many adhere to what I would call, I've labeled, no-fault religion. You know what I mean by that? That no matter what happens in my life, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen in my life, it's not my fault. It's just up to God. Up to Him. Some people have got out of that extreme all the way through rightly divided word into a, another extreme and everything's the devil's fault. But it's still not my fault. People like no-fault religion. They think. Because it takes all the responsibility off of me. If something is not going right in my life, it's not my fault. Nothing I can do about it. It is not within my control. And this is a deception. This is a lie that has crippled and stolen and destroyed countless lives. I'm telling you, the devil has been, he's been working on this for centuries and he's working on it this morning. And I don't care what you think you know of God and the things of God, he's always, uh, it's an insidious thing, he's always subtly trying to get some measure of this into your mind and thinking that there's nothing I can do about that. And there are some things, well, we'll touch on it, that, that's not in your control. But there's a whole lot of things <laughs> that you can do something about. But you won't unless you believe you can. So we, we, we need to pull the wraps off of this deception, off of this lie. And any time that you're dealing with a situation and you find yourself thinking, well, I can't do anything about it. Is that true? Is it true or have you been given the keys? Have you been given the right of access, the right of use, the right of control? Have you been? Are you utilizing all that you've been given? Are you exercising all that's been given to you? People are just wallowing in destruction today. Christian, good Christian people that love God. And they want, they want their life changed so desperately, but 
They don't think they can do anything about it. Or they think they're just leaving it up to God. The truth will make you free. I said the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. I think I'll just share right here. A lot of you are familiar with uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin's ministry. We've had the privilege and continue to have the privilege of being associated with for some time now. And uh, an experience that he had that has just stuck with me. He, I believe it was in 1952, he had an experience with the Lord, had a vision. And in this vision, the Lord was giving him revelation about demons and their activity and the devil's work. And he said he, he's seeing the Lord. And as he's talking to him and hearing these things that's, you know, a, a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, most people never have this kind of experience. And, and, and listen, don't, don't press and try to have these kind of experiences. Did you hear me? Uh, some people are just pushing, pushing. I want to see Jesus. I want to see an angel. I want to see the likeness of God. I want to see. Well, that is a form of rebellion. I wonder if you ever thought about that. Now, I didn't think this up. The Lord revealed this to me. He told me this. It's a, what do you mean a form of rebellion? It's a form of rebelling against walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For we walk by faith, what? Not by sight. And that whole passage was talking about that when we're here present in the body, we're absent from the Lord. And so we're not walking by seeing Him, we're walking by faith. And that's what He's called us to do. And for the most part, we're not going to see Him. We're not going to hear uh, an audible voice. Did you hear me? And I'll just go ahead and tell you, if, if, if somebody that you're around or that you know of, and they are seeing him every other day and hearing him every other day, you might want to put some distance between you and them. Because these kind of things don't happen all the time. And they don't happen with everybody. You could go all your life and never see an angel, never have a vision and see Jesus, never hear an audible voice, it wouldn't mean that you weren't a good Christian, or it wouldn't mean that a lack of faith or anything on your part. God just didn't see fit to give you that. And He's not going to give that to everybody, and you don't need it. You need to be content walking by faith. Amen? We know He's here, though we don't see Him. Amen? He communicates with our heart and causes us to know things without hearing any audible voices, without feeling anything. Amen? Said out loud, I walk by faith, not by sight. That's what he's called us to do. Amen. And so if you're clamoring, demanding, and I'm talking to some people in this room right now this morning. Listen to me now. You might think, well, the reason why people don't is they're just so carnal and cold, and I'm going to push and press and go where no man's gone before. Yeah, you're liable to. I've seen people that just, you know, wind up having an experience that was not of God. Not everything that's spiritual is God. Did you hear me? I've talked with people before that were just, man, they got off and they're leading people off with them. And they were adamant about, you know, talking to me about some things. And somebody asked me, well, they told me this experience they had. They saw an angel, the guy with me. He said, do you think they really saw something? I said, yeah, I think they did. But it wasn't God. 
And people get, because it was so real, and it was real, and it was spiritual, and it was. They think, well, man, this is God, and it wasn't God. So don't, don't just set it in your mind, well, what, I, I, I want to see something, I want to feel something, I want to have an experience. No, you want to obey God and please God. And faith pleases Him. Amen? And when you're walking by faith, you're not seeing. Is that right? It's a characteristic of immaturity, spiritually, to clamor to see and feel. I mean, I did some of the same thing. Early part of my walk with God and, 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 and ministry, I mean, uh, when I first began to get hunger for God, I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and, and saw the Lord, you know, talk to me. That, that was my favorite thing. Speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Of course, being carnal, I wanted to see something. I wanted to hear something. I wanted to, the more carnal you are, you want something natural. But God's a spirit. And so I pushed and pushed and clambered and clambered and I'll never forget it. One night in the middle of the floor for the thousandth time, Lord, talk to me. Speak to me. I finally got quiet. And he did. Not an audible voice, but very distinctly on the inside of me, he said, son, I have already said many, many things to you in my word that you're not aware of. Find out what I've already said to you in my word, and if I want to say anything else to you, I will. I'll never forget it. And so for the last 20 years, I've been endeavoring to find out what he's already said to me. Amen. I understand that he has said, anytime you want God to speak to you, just open the book. And say, God, talk to me. Start reading. He's talking. Amen? So be warned now. The Lord's talking to some folk this morning. Be warned. Don't just follow after folk that have all these experiences. Go to the Word. Take care. I don't care if an angel choir comes through the ceiling tomorrow morning with a light show and sings a message to you in multiple harmony parts. If it disagrees with one half of a verse anywhere, you just laugh at it and discount it. Yeah, but it was so real. The devil is real. Demons are real. That don't mean they're right. That doesn't mean they're good. And, and don't think that you can, with your intelligence, with your small experience, discern an experience based on that. You got to, you know, just, well, I think it's right. No, you got to bring it back to this book. Amen. And no matter how, I, I have had some things happen in my life that were really, they, they were spectacular. And they were spiritual. They were supernatural. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I was pulled toward them. I thought, because, you know, something that's real. And I had to keep coming back, though, to say, no, it don't quite agree with this. And thank God it saved me. I said it saved me. And so the enemy wants you to just be cold and carnal or in error. If he can't just keep you cold and carnal, if he sees you're going to press in for spiritual things, then he's going to try to lead you off into something that's wrong spiritually. An error. So stay under your elders, people that have more experience than you. Stay in the Word. Amen. All the time. Compare everything to that. And don't push to see and feel. Be con don't rebel against walking by faith. 
If God's happy, you ought to be happy. God's happy when you don't see, you don't feel, but you believe. Amen? That pleases Him. It honors Him. When you're standing, I got to see, I got to feel something. You're refusing to walk by faith. You're rebelling against what He said, and we're not going to do that. But Brother Hagin had this experience. And in this experience, he, the Lord Jesus is giving him revelation about dealing with demons and the devil. And he said, this little, this little demon came and began to jump up and down and put out some kind of a screen to where he couldn't see what Jesus was saying and he couldn't hear what he was saying. Isn't that just like the devil? Doesn't want you to see and doesn't want you to hear what God wants you to see and hear. And so he said, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. He's standing there, and Jesus is continuing to talk. But he can't hear him. He's not getting this. He, he's, and he's thinking, why doesn't he stop him? Why doesn't he do something about this? And he kept waiting, and Jesus kept talking, and he's missing what he's saying. And eventually, just in desperation, he said, I command you to shut up. And he said, the thing just fell down and lay there and whimpered. And shut up. And he said, not only that, but get out of here. And he did. Now he can see the Lord again. Now he can hear him, but the Lord's not saying anything. And he said, the Lord looked at him and said something that just totally upended his theology. said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, Lord, I, I know I'm seeing you. I know I'm having this experience. But I can't accept that. I, I, I must have misunderstood you. You said, you didn't say, if I hadn't done something about this, you couldn't have. You said you wouldn't have, right? And he said, no, I said, if you hadn't done something about that, talking about that spirit, I couldn't have. He said, no, Lord, I'm misunderstanding you. You didn't say you couldn't have. You said you wouldn't have, right? The Lord said, no, I said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. He said, I can't accept that. I know I'm seeing you, but again, you don't accept any experience without the Word. And he asked him to share with him scriptures in the Word. Show me in the Word why, how this is true. And he began to show him, you resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Did it say get God to resist the devil for you? Pray and beg God to make the devil leave you alone? No. Is it in your control? You resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. James 4. Ephesians. Neither give place to the devil. Who's the understood subject there? You. You're not to give place to the enemy. Is it true that the Lord has put some things in our control that if we don't do something about it, then not that he doesn't have the power, but legally. Legally, he's placed it to where he can't intervene because he's given it to us. He is not a usurper of authority. I want you to understand, friend, that we do have authority, and we do have, it is within our control concerning the enemy against us. We can stop him. We can command him, we, we can bind his work, we can command him to stop in his operations, to desist and to cease in his maneuvers against us. Where our life, where our family is concerned, if something's going on that you don't like, don't just take it. Don't just sit there thinking, I, 
well, this is out of my control. Is it? Or is it within your control? Is it within your scope? Are you with me this morning? Then stand up and do something about it. Mark eleven twenty three. Does anybody know that verse? I'm sure you do. I'm sure, your pastors and ministers have talked to you about this. Anybody know it? Mark eleven twenty three. Is Mark eleven twenty three prayer? Is it a prayer verse? Hmm. Are you with me? Somebody quote it for me. Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever who say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Is that prayer? Are you sure? Are you talking to God in that prayer, in, in that verse? I think a lot of people thought that read, Whosoever will say to God, Oh God, make the mountain go away. And will continue to beg, God, please, make the mountain leave. Oh God, I beseech thee, remove this obstacle. Now, now you're laughing, but how many Christians pray that way? Hmm? How many Christians are pleading and pleading, please God, now, see, we're not just concerned just with literal mountains, but problems in our life, things that are hindering and obstacles in our way. Please, God, make this, make this leave. Get this out of my way. That's not what that verse said. That's not what Jesus told us to do. Many are praying when they should be saying. They're trying to get God to do something that he told us to do. They're trying to relegate it just within his control when he said, I give you the keys. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. It's not prayer. We're not talking to God about the mountain. When you stand up and say, mountain, I'm talking to you. Huh? I'm not saying Jesus spoke to the wind and waves. He spoke to trees. Right? He spoke to, he spoke to things you couldn't see. And he's our example. We're supposed to operate that way. He spoke to fevers. Remember Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. Dr. Luke said it was a great fever. It was a high. It was a serious situation. And I read that one day and it said, you know, Jesus rebuked the fever. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He didn't rebuke Peter's mother-in-law. didn't rebuke Peter. He rebuked the fever. And I paused and I thought, can fevers hear? Can a fever hear? And I read the next verse and it said, and it left her. I thought, yep, fevers can hear. And then I got stirred up. I thought, if fevers can hear, headaches can hear, stomach aches can hear, tumors can hear, cancer can hear. Are you with me now, friend? You, you ought to be getting stirred up about your own life. If there's something in your body that's not supposed to be there, don't wait for God to do something about it. He's authorized you and me to do something about it. I'm understanding a tumor or a growth, that's not something God put there. 
That's not a plant that he planted. So we have every right to rebuke it. Amen. To command it to die and to dry up and shrivel up and go away. Amen. And expect it to obey us. I've seen, I I ministered in healing school for years and I have felt tumors under my hand go away. Just like that, it was that you could feel it. It's protruding, and yet we we rebuked it, we commanded it to die and dry up in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I mean, just like that, it's it's gone. Brother Hagen laid hands on a lady one time, and what was she? Seventy something inches in the waist. They said gigantic tumor in her in her midsection, and I mean, by the time she got up out of the floor, she had lost what was it? Almost forty inches, thirty something inches. Just from the time she hit the floor to the time she got up, and she got up and gathered her, her dress around, she said, uh, my, 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 it's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah! She said, I don't know where it went. He said, I don't know either, but thank God it's gone. But it was when they used faith in the name of Jesus against it. Was it within our control? But see, many, I started to say most, and it's probably true, Christians don't believe this. They don't believe this. They don't operate this way. They think, well, hey, it's just up to God. Is it just up to God? Some of the most difficult situations to help are people who believe it is not in their control. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 10, please. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. The enemy is constantly working to convince people that they are helpless pawns. They're powerless to do anything about their plight. And the Lord did not leave us helpless. Did he? He didn't leave us without help or power. We've been given authority in the name of Jesus. We've been given the greater one in the person of the Holy Ghost. We've been given power, anointing has come on us to be witnesses for Him. We've been given the truth that makes free. We're not helpless. Now, one thing that you need to understand that you have control over is your mind. There are many things you have control over. Boy, here's one of the first and so, so very important. Your mind is your mind and you have control over it as well as your own soul, your emotions. You do not have to think on things you don't want to think on. You do not have to think on things you shouldn't think on. You do not have to yield to feelings that you shouldn't. Now sometimes you can't just blink your eyes and make your feelings change but you don't have to yield to them and give in to them. And if you'll do the right thing, they will over time change. Do you understand that? But we have, I, I don't know, huge numbers of people that are trying to say that the devil has convinced them they can't control their mind. And they can't control their feelings. I've sat across the desk from people trying to minister to them, help them out of mental institutions. And one of the, one of the biggest problems is that people looking at me and saying, I, I can't help it. 
I try not to think about that, but I can't help it. That is a lie that they have come to believe. Did you hear me? And that is why they're in the state they're in. It's all about control. You have it, but many people don't know they have it. The devil wants it. And he can only have it through deception. I said he can only have it through deception, but sad to say he has a lot of it because there's a lot of deception around. False religions will promote this mindless type of meditation. When you hear people talking, you know, talking about, well, we just need to empty ourselves and just think nothing and become one with the great cosmic nothingness. Absolutely never, not, no. Hmm? God never told you to think nothing. God never told you to just empty your mind and make it blank. Never. I said never. The reason why that kind of thing is promoted is because demons want control of your mind. And the only way they can have it is for you to relinquish it. That's one reason drugs are a tool in this. The people just want to get high and just, just think nothing and just drift. What they're doing is yielding spiritually. That's why a lot of times people have such terrible experiences with drugs is because they yield themselves to wrong spirits. God intended for you to always have a good, firm grip on your mind and your emotions. Did you hear me? Your mind and your emotions. The Bible did not say empty yourself. In fact, the Bible said, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, think. That'd be a good message for a lot of people, right there. Think on these things. God didn't tell you to be mindless. He told you to think, but to think on the right things, not on the wrong things. He said, if you will keep your mind, you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, he said he'll keep you in perfect peace. Let's reverse that. If you're not in total peace, what do we know? You have not been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord. And if you say, I can't help it, you're deceived. You're believing a lie. Say it out loud. My mind is my mind. I can think on what I want and not think on what I don't. I'm telling you, you can't. You, you have as much authority and more over your mind as you do the remote control in your hand on the TV. If, if, you know, if you don't like what's on the channel, do you have to watch it? Huh? Let me look over the whole crowd now. If you don't like what's on the channel, do you have to watch it? No, you don't. You can change the channel. And you can do the same thing with your mind. I said, you, you can do the same thing with your mind. It's amazing. Those people will sit and watch stuff. And they're going, Mildred, I can't believe they're showing that. Can you, can you believe that? Sit there and watch it for another hour. 
I can't believe they show that on TV. Can you believe that? There is an option. I said there is an option. Now granted, the enemy is a persistent cuss. And he will bring wrong thoughts to you. And suggest wrong things to you. Hmm? Even the most holy saint of God has found thoughts and feelings come to them that were repulsive to them. But the devil is such that he'll bring a thought to your mind and then he'll go, now look at you. Supposed to be a good Christian. Thinking stuff like that. And he's the one that brought it. But so many Christians, they don't know what's going on, so then they just get under condemnation going, what's wrong with me? Thinking such weird stuff. Thinking such defiled, ungodly stuff. And then the devil, he's ready to feed that. He'll come say, are you sure you even saved? How could a saved person have thoughts? Listen, he brings thoughts, but you just do what the scripture says here. You cast them down. Is that right? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Like one fellow said, kind of revealed some of his background, he said every mind needs a bouncer at the door. What does that mean? Look through. Good thought? Yeah, come on in. Bad thought? No. Out you go. Is that right? How many of you know you need to bounce the bad thoughts out? You need to cast them down. Amen. I know a lady I was talking to that had terrible mental problems. She'd been in and out of institutions for years, and I was endeavoring to help her, and the Lord dealt with me to bring her to Joshua. One of the things that God told Joshua about the book of the law, he was to meditate upon day and night. Amen. And to keep the words in his mouth. And I began to share that with her, you know, thinking on God's things. And she looked at me and just said what a lot of people have thought. She said, you can't do that. You can't think on the things of God night and day. I said, well, number one, God must have thought you could. Because he told us to do it. Right? But then secondly, it's not a matter of whether or not you can think on something night and day. You're already thinking on something night and day, and it's obviously not the right things or you wouldn't be in this mess. The scripture says if we're keeping our mind stayed on him, he's going to keep us in perfect Friend, this is huge. I'm telling you. What if you just kept your mind stayed on the healing and redemption instead of the symptoms and, and the problems and the bad reports? What if you just kept your mind stayed on God's faithful provision instead of the bills and the problems? What if you just kept your mind on the love of God instead of being upset with folk and holding a grudge? What if you kept your mind in the right place? Would it make a difference? According to Romans 8, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's the difference between life and death. But the first step is you've got to believe and never relinquish, never, never loosen your hold that your mind is your mind and within your control.
Say it out loud, it's within my control. My mind is my mind and in my control. Now see, God's not going to control your mind for you. I've, I've had people tell me, you know, I, I just wish that I could just turn my mind off and I could just, you know, and God had just, the Holy Ghost had just possessed me and kind of take me over. It's not going to happen, ever, because the Holy Ghost is not a demon. He's not interested in possessing you and taking you over. He's interested in you becoming, getting some understanding and yielding yourself to Him. Amen? He's not going to make you do things you don't want to do. That's against His nature. Now, that's not against the devil's nature. That is His nature to take over everything He can. Whether you like it or want it or not, He wants, He wants to take control. And I've seen people, I've dealt with people one-on-one that through drugs and through different messed up things, they just yield their mind and, and don't use their mind. What happens? Your mind becomes weak. And you, you lose your powers of focus. You lose your powers of concentration. The weaker your mind gets. And the weaker it gets, the more the enemy gets control. So do not yield your mind. Do not empty your mind in, in goofed up forms of meditation and using drugs and all these kind of things because I'm telling you, there are some awful places people are in today in torment of their soul and bondage of their mind. You don't have to be there. And when, thought, when the enemy will come, he'll bring thoughts to your mind. But you recognize where they're coming from and cast them down and refuse to think on them. And I, he may bring them back a hundred times in the morning. He's persistent that way. He may keep bringing them back. But what do you do the second time he brings it back? Cast it down. What about number 39 when he brings it back? Cast it. You, you do the same thing. Just cast it down every time. I know a fellow said this one time years ago. It really stuck with me. He said he was up on top of this huge uh, skyscraper building. And this thought came to him. Why don't you just jump? And he just looked up and said... You jump if you want to. I'm not. <laughs> I thought that's excellent. That's excellent. Why? Because he recognized the source of the thought. And immediately just rejected it and, and you know, di differentiated between that and him. Where some people would have, would have held on and went, My Lord, what's wrong with me thinking about jumping? And the devil would have said, You're suicidal. You thought, suicidal? I never thought of myself as suicidal. Well, why are you thinking about jumping off? I don't know. You're suicidal. Am I suicidal? Yes, you're suicidal. <laughs> I don't feel suicidal. Well, why are you thinking about jumping off? This is how it gets started, I'm telling you. I'm telling people, yield to that and listen and stay on the wrong channel long enough, they'll begin to go, you know, I must be suicidal. Maybe I need to get some help. He'll say, the devil said, you got a suicide demon. I do? you got two. <laughs> and if you believe it, I said, if you come to believe it, that's how people wind up the way they do. Guard your mind. Don't watch just any and everything. 
Don't listen to just any and everything. And don't entertain just any. If you catch yourself that you've slipped and you're sitting there thinking on the wrong thing, don't get into a bunch of condemnation. Just grab it and say, no, uh uh-uh, no. I'm not thinking on this. I, I don't believe this. I refuse this. I cast it down. This is what the Word says. Amen? And if you have to do it 35 times a day or 100 times, just do it. But just keep coming back there and eventually, eventually, there'll just be peace. I said peace because the word is true. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. How many understand you don't have to have drugs. You don't have to have alcohol to have peace. You can't find it in there anyway. You don't have to have, you know, more possessions than the next guy. You can stay focused on the Lord and just have peace in your mind, peace in your soul, peace in your life, peace in your house, peace in your car, peace and rest. And when you find yourself getting distraught and upset and fretful, realize it's because of what you're thinking on. And change it because it's your mind. Say it out loud. It's my mind. I'm in control. I think what I want to think. I don't think what I don't want to think. My mind is my mind. It's in my control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Your body is your body. Your money is your money. I said your, your money is your money. Your family is your family. There are numerous areas where the enemy wants you to believe that you don't have control. But you do. I said, but you do. And you can change it right this very day. You can change it. I mean, before you get out of here, why don't you stand up right now? Let's, let's do some things. You can leave this place differently than you came. In the name of Jesus, we're going we're gonna to take some authority right now. Hallelujah. Are you ready? We're not just doing this to be doing it now. Sometimes people get their mind in a certain vein. Well, if I received a ministry, it would have to be this way or that. No, there are a lot of ways God works. Be open to them. I want everybody to lay your hands on your head. Put your hands on your head right now. And say, in Jesus' name, I speak to my mind. Be quiet. Be at peace. Be at rest. This is my mind. I will control it. And I will think on the things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy, virtuous, of good report. I think on these only. And I'm kept in peace. I'll not yield my mind to thoughts of fear or doubt or worry, anxiety, depression, defeat or lack or sickness or torment. I'll not do it. I refuse to yield to it. I keep my mind... Stayed on the Lord all the time. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, heaviness goes 
depression goes, fear goes, loosed, gone, free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lay your, lay your hands on your chest. Hallelujah. Kind of your chest and your midsection. Say in Jesus' name. I speak to my soul. Soul, be still. Rest. Be quiet. Have peace. Soul, rejoice. Be glad. Be free. Be comforted. In Jesus' name. I'll not yield to feelings of oppression. Feelings of heaviness. I'll not yield to it. My soul is kept in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Feelings, you come in line. Come in line. And yield. And submit. To the Word of God. The Spirit of God. The peace of God. The life. The wholeness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now listen, it, you know, developing powers of concentration is, is a part of growing and developing spiritually and controlling and disciplining your mind. It's not something you learn all about overnight or in a day or two. But you just set your heart and mind, I'm going to do it. Amen. When you find yourself have strayed, you grab it and you pull it back. You grab it and you pull it back. You've got to do it a hundred times, you do it a hundred times. And eventually... Your mind will be stayed and focused. You'll find your prayer life will just come up like that. Your time in the Word will just come up like that because you'll be focused and you'll receive. Amen? Hallelujah! This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.